1: Pastor Morgan, how amazing. What what a story. Um, I just, um, when you were talking, I really feel like the um, recession is only going to be a recession if you want it to be. And um, the successful people, they always see a recession as an opportunity. And you see, when you have, when you live in the obedience of God and you, you live in a, bless- a blessing is a byproduct of obedience. And and so I just want to pray for people that have fear around the future, specifically with the recession. And 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 I want to break that 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 thing because it's it's something that can cause you quite a bit of anxiety and if you don't remind yourself what God has said and is saying about your life. So if that's you, just lift your hands in this place. God, I thank you for every person with their hand lifted. I break that spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that the recession is is you you live above recession you live above economy that God you have the final say and so right now I break that yoke of fear in the name of Jesus Christ anxiety be gone God we do not look to the world or the trendings God but we look to you Jesus Christ the author and finisher of the world and faith in Jesus name we pray amen 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 I just want to honor Pastor John and Becky and Pastor Juergen and Leanne, if you could put your hands together for them. We are so grateful for you. And of course, I want to honor my husband Sterling. He's pretty cute. And I know he preached on Sunday and every person tells me, they're like, your husband is the most gifted communicator when it comes to the speed of which he can talk and I can still understand him. And I always say, I know, imagine arguing with him. And so I am 35 weeks pregnant. And so I do not speak as fast as Sterling. Yes. And so if I'm out of breath, it is not because I'm out of shape. It's because there's a baby in there and my lungs are squished. Okay. (laughs) You guys can go ahead and take your seats. Um, We are in a death to life series because it was Easter and that's how Jesus rolls. Um, But the title of my message, I'm gonna get right into it is The Secret to Happiness. And um, I'm gonna show, they're gonna put a photo up of Dr. Robert Waldinger, and he has studied the secret to a happy life. And he's a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. And this study started in 1938. It's an 85-plus-year study that's been done by a group of men. And it's the longest study of the same people that's ever been done, that's been recorded. And it originally started with 724 people. And as people have gotten married and had kids, they've added people. So it's two different generations and over 2,000 people now that they have studied people. And they've asked themselves, what makes people happy? And um, they studied a group of privileged um, people and underprivileged people, you know, people that maybe what you would say maybe had the cards against them. Um, and y- you want to know what they found out? Um, they found out that wealth, marital status, achievement, kids, success, fame, that none of that determined happiness. And it, what they said too is they said that it didn't necessarily take away happiness, but it didn't alter the level of which you experienced happiness or joy in your life. And the secret to happiness is people who had the warmest, deepest connections with other people and prioritize them. They were happy. And over the last 10 years, they have began to study even how the strengths of your relationship even affect your overall health and longevity of your life. And um, so it's just really, really interesting. And so Pastor Juergen, he says... The quality of your life is measured by the quality of your relationships. And, you know, we, we live in a what we would call a social media generation. And social media is a great tool um, that can be utilized to communicate with people around the world. It can be used to advertise, you know, different products or a business or, you know, network. And it's, a, you know, a way to really connect with people. But if you're not careful, it can substitute for a real-life community. And you'll, you'll base your community based off and you'll measure it maybe in the wrong places, like how many followers you have, how many likes you have. And um, if you're not careful, you'll get trapped in what we call the social media cycle, where you just go to your phone and you scroll. And, um, and so I want to talk about relationships tonight, and three key relationships that I believe will, will will not only back up this study, but believe it or not, as I'm listening to this, I, I, it was a really amazing podcast, and I'm like, you're basically just saying what the Bible says, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, so we're going to get right into it. And it says, uh, first first point is your relationship with God. Three key relationships that are really going to bring happiness and joy to your life. And this is what the Bible said, and this is Jesus speaking. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will liken him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall for it was founded on the rock pastor morgan everything you were saying but everyone who hears these saying of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who's built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat that house and it fell and the great and great was its fall that's in Matthew 7 and then in Isaiah 48 it says the grass the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of the lord stands forever. You see, there comes a point in every Christian's life where you have to go from hearing a message every seven days to learning to mature and walk with God on a daily basis. And for every Christian, they determine when this is. Um, And we do this two ways. We do this by reading the word of God and, and, and learning to have a daily lifestyle of prayer. And um, I remember in my mid-twenties, um, I would wake up early and I was committed to waking up and beating the sun and I would go on walks and, and pray. And I would pray for different things. I would pray for my future. I would pray in tongues. And um, it was a time in my life, if I was really honest, where my life was really falling apart. And um, I was wise enough to know I didn't want to get better. I wanted to get better. And I knew that time with Jesus was going to really help me through that season. And as I'm praying, and mind you, my my life's a hot mess, okay, Hot Mess Express over here. And um, I just really have this sense to pray for my husband. And if I'm being honest, I was really reluctant, because I'm like, the last thing I want to do is add another human to this hot mess of an equation, okay. But I did. And I, I prayed. And I was like, God, I thank you for my husband. Mind you, I'm not dating anybody. I have no secret image of who this husband per se is, okay. I'm just like, whatever, I'll pray for my husband. And as I'm praying, I, I began to pray that God would keep him safe, which I remember consciously thinking that's such a random thing to pray. Like, is he in Iraq? Like, you know, where, what's he doing? Like, is he in the military? Like, Lord's Army. <laughs> You're such a boy. <laughs> but fast forward, I go about my day and... Um, on that day that I was praying, it was June 5th, 2018. And because I would beat the sun, it was before 6 a.m. Fast forward, I am in the living room of Pastor Ashley and Kenny Robbins, and I am beginning to date Sterling. And mind you, when I say beginning to date, I'm like, first week, here we go. And um, he begins to tell this story, and we're going to put photos up of him in Yosemite about how he was climbing Half Dome, And you've heard this story maybe, but he was climbing Half Dome. And when you're climbing and you're lead climbing, um, it means you go first. And you have gear, but you're climbing and then placing gear as you go, okay? And um, where he was, he basically had a move and a half or a couple moves before there was this really big ledge. And anytime there's a big ledge as a climber, you're pumped because then you can get there and rest. And he came across a piece of what's called fixed gear. And by the book, like... The rule is, is when there's a piece of fixed gear, it means that a climber before him has gone and climbed and it won't come out. And so you're meant to just clip into it. Well, what happens is he clips into it and long story short, it like pops out and which should never happen. And he ends up falling, getting his leg stuck between a slate of rock and Half dome, should have ripped off his leg, didn't rip off his leg, but of course now he's bummed because when you climb things like this, you don't just go like, oh, I'm gonna go climb half dome. You like train days after days, hours after hours, and do little roots, then medium roots, and then you go to Yosemite and you climb half dome. Okay. So um obviously him and his buddies are bummed because they're like, We've driven here to do this, and now your your ankle is the size of a cantaloupe, and we can't climb. So they end up coming down and they're on their way down and there's climbers on the floor and they hear the one thing you don't want to say, and that is rocks. And what ends up happening is there's a big rock fall. And when you're hanging on the side of a cliff, hundreds of yards feet from the air, you are just praying that a rock does not hit you or cut your rope because that's what you're hanging off of. And so um, they survive, but, you know, his buddy gets... Uh, his collarbone broken, like, his neck's cut open. Like, they're not in a good place. And they end up getting down. And what ends up happening is he's telling this story. I'm like, when was this? And he's like, oh, it was back in June. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, like, when? (laughs) Like, can you pull up your phone right now? Like, you know, and so he pulls up his phone, and he's, like, showing me all these photos because he gets down, and, of course, he gets life-flighted. And, you know, not many people have gone through Yosemite on a helicopter. That's pretty cool. Um... (laughs) And so as he's talking, I'm realizing, oh, this is June 5th before 6 a.m. Because that's what you do when you climb. You don't climb at 9 a.m., believe it or not. You're not sleeping in. You wake up and you freaking send it, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it was in that moment that not only am I realizing, oh, my gosh, this is my man. This is my husband. Which is also really weird because now I—and also, if this ever happens to you, don't tell him. (laughs) Like— I have people that are like, oh, yeah, God told me, and I told them. And I'm like, oh, how'd they react? I'm sure they loved that. (laughs) Don't do that. Just write it down and date it, and then you can tell the story later when you're preaching, okay? (laughs) Don't be weird. Be normal. Okay. (laughs) So, but when he comes down before he goes on this helicopter, and you can put the title screen up, there was another climber that was on the ground that was yelling, Hey, rocks. And he said, Hey, can I tell you something? If you didn't fall not 15 minutes before, you would have been on that ledge where there's refrigerator size boulders that would have crushed you and killed you. And so I'm like, You're freaking welcome. <laughs> So it's great now, but this is what Mark Batterson says. He says, when you pray to God regularly, irregularly, irregular things happen on a regular basis. You see, a lifestyle of prayer, you will not know in the moment, but you will look back and there will be fingerprints of God all through your life. And so I'm here to tell you tonight that I wanna encourage you to get from a Sunday, tell me what I need to know to a daily walk with Jesus. And this is a book that has really helped me. It's called Draw the Circle. It's by Mark Batterson. It's a 40-day, it's like a little expert excerpt. It, it's the easiest read ever. But if you're in here and you are like, the last thing I do is wake up and pray in the morning, read this book. Read this book. Get your butt to men's prayer on a Tuesday. Get your butt to women's prayer on a Tuesday. And I'm telling you it's going to change your life. Because, you see, the Holy Spirit not only is going to give you discernment. And Pastor Leanne said this this morning. Pastor Leanne said discernment is not suspicion. But the Holy Spirit will give you discernment. I know there's some business owners in here that you need some discernment. When to say yes to business deals. When to say no. What houses to buy. When to bow out. When to wait in the in-between. Discernment. The Holy Spirit gives discernment. I remember... um, when we just had somebody that came to our house and, and um, I just, my discernment was off. Like I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this person. And as this person left, Sterling walks in, he goes, no way. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> but that's what the Holy Spirit will do. Discernment. Good. Okay. Number two, relationship with yourself. This is always interesting because people are either super love, love themselves or not so much. But this is what the Bible says. Genesis 1, 1 through 3. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. My point in reading this scripture is that the the words that we say establish the world that we live in. And so what words are you saying over yourself? Pastor Marco says, what you say happens. Even when you're joking, what you say happens. I remember one time Sterling and I were checking out of a hotel, and we had popped into this little lobby restaurant, and we sat up at the bar, and we were ordering eggs and, you know, catching a flight, and there was this gentleman next to us, and he was telling this story, and he was a friendly guy, but I remember him he said this and he, he made a comment like, oh, just over here, losing my mind. And I went, speak for, like in my mind, I said, well, speak for yourself. Like I have a sound mind. I have a great memory. But I wonder, and we laugh, but I wonder how many things we've said. Like, oh, over here, just getting old. Yeah. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm just tired. Well, yeah, you're, you're literally creating the world that you live in. And so my question for you is, what do you say over yourself? What world do you create over your kids? I can't tell you how many people I've met and they say, oh, my kid's just this way. What you say happens. You speak and there it is. And, and we see in the first three scriptures of the Bible, God so beautifully says that what you say, you create. That yes, words are used to communicate, but words are also to create the reality that you live in. And so the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, Another statement that I hear a lot is uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) well, you can. But when I hear that, what I'm saying is I'm set in my ways I don't want to learn anything new. I don't want to grow. I don't want to change or evolve. And I definitely don't want to reinvent myself. And I'm happy where I am just to settle here. And I have arrived. And the growth journey is over. Can't teach an old dog new tricks? And so I wonder if we were to evaluate what are the things that we are saying. And we heard Pastor Leanne say it at Cherish Conference. But, you know, social media and when we're cracking up, oh, my gosh, I'm dying. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) Are you? And so I wonder if we were to ask the Holy Spirit, hey, help me understand and see the things that I have spoken over myself that are not in alignment with the word of God because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. The next layer of your relationship with yourself is what do you think about yourself? And this might be the world that you live in but this is the world you really live in. And I wonder if we were to, the Bible says, take every thought captive. So just because you had a thought doesn't mean it's bad, but what do you do with that thought? Do you wake up and all you think about is all the problems you got to solve and all the things you got to worry about? I remember I went through a season in my life where randomly anxiety was like my little homie that I put on like a fanny pack in the morning. And I remember being like, who, where did you come from? And I had to actually examine my life and I had to retrain myself to not just go wake up and go straight to worry, fear, control and actually go, okay, no, I need to retrain the way that I think. And you do that by reading the word of God. Um, On Sunday, Sterling was preaching. It was really great. So he went before me. And so I got... Up, went outside and got in my car and realized my car was a complete mess and I quickly realized that somebody had broken into my car I know and I felt so bad for myself and of course you're annoyed and then you're violated like you feel violated like you feel like oh somebody's been in here that I haven't wanted in here like you aren't allowed in here (laughs) and of course I'm like quickly like trying to figure out what they took And don't worry, they only took like a few dollar bills and a very used Starbucks gift card. And you know what they left? They left my 20% off Williams-Sonoma coupon, which I'm like, do you know how much money that is that you just left sitting here? Idiot. So so I... Like, that's a a fortune, 20% off at Williams-Sonoma? Like, do you know how much a pillow cover is there? 20% off? And you took like a $1.25 Starbucks gift card that maybe was on there. Anyways, so I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm now like, you know, and you just, you feel violated when you, when you feel like, oh, somebody has been in my space that I haven't wanted. But the Holy Spirit, like, I w- <laughs> he's like, well, you left your car unlocked. I'm like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's, I'm realizing, oh, it's not like they broke my window. Like I left my car unlocked. And I remember thinking, okay, wow, go on. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he's like, what areas of your life have you left the door open that you're meant to close? And you are blaming the devil for this spiritual warfare or how he's attacking you when you simply just have to lock the door. And so I'm gonna give you a few examples, but um, for example, if, if you struggle with fear or anxiety but you go to the movies and watch all these rated R movies, horror movies, then you are parking your car and leaving the door unlocked. And I remember when I went through, um, uh, when I was younger, I went through a really traumatic breakup. Like, I really liked this guy. And yes, (laughs) it's like on command, the boo. And I was really, I really... Like, wanted to marry him and um, at the time, and um, I was just heartbroken. And on Tuesday nights, I was a diligent bachelor watcher. <laughs> I would record him and watch him, and it was girls' night and cheese boards and charcuterie and all the things. And I remember, like, loving it. But what I realized is that it would, it would keep me in this place of heartbreak and longing And not being able to move on, because one, not only is The Bachelor not real life, but it was fueling this thing in me that wasn't allowing me to go to God and actually get healing where I needed to invite the Holy Spirit in to heal my heart. And so lock the door. And so I want you to ask yourself, what areas of my life have I left the door unlocked? And I'm blaming People, I'm blaming the devil when you simply just have to stop doing those things and lock the door. All right, last point, And I'm going to pray for people. Relationship with others. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18, 24. And back to my point about social media is I found if you're not careful, you'll be, find yourself in a crowd with lots of really great, shallow friendships. And there's nothing wrong with that. But my question is, is who, who truly knows you? Who really has walked you through things? And we see this, this beautiful picture of King David and Jonathan and a third guy named Nathan. And I want to talk about this dynamic because, you know, it says that Jonathan was King David's armor bearer. But um, little do we know that Jonathan actually went to great lengths to protect David. And then even after Jonathan died, for, for many, many years, David looked after Jonathan's kids long after he died. And so I know not everyone has kids, but if you, if you did or if you do have kids, if, if you were to die, who would look after your kids? Like, do you have those deep and meaningful relationships of people that would come along because they love you and they know you? You see, friendship is, is more than just, you know, happy hour and hobbies, and those things aren't bad, but they can't stop there. They can't just be sitting next to each other on a Sunday, see you next week. It has to be more than that. It has to go deeper. And, and the truth is that relationships take time. You know, I, I always love, we're, you know, Sterling and I are the high school pastors. I love 15-year-olds because they're like, oh, my best friend. And I, and, I, and I love it because it's like different every month sometimes which is okay because I'm like, you're 15. Um, But the truth is sometimes you see that with adults. Oh, my best friend this year. And it's not bad. And I know that fallouts happen and things like that, but what a beautiful thing to have people that have walked with you for such a long, long time. And I want to talk about this because I know with with COVID, it it really was a fracture in a lot of people's relationships and people are still recovering People are learning, like, how do I connect in real life? There was a study that went out, and and they basically say that Gen Z would rather connect on social media than in person, and that's sad to me because that's a repercussion of everything that's gone on in our nation, in our world. And I know that you know Gen Z is young, but I think there's people in here that you know it's easier just to not go deep. It's easier to keep things shallow, and you know whether that's um, how you were raised. I find that a lot of people you know, maybe weren't parented the way they should have been, or they had somebody that was emotionally or mentally absent, and so as a result, they've had to learn to figure it out on their own, and as a result, because they have figured it out on their own, they don't really know how to ask for help, and you see it because there's trends like, oh, build an empire, or oh, I'm a boss babe. But really what, what that implies is like, oh, I, I'm at the top. I built this empire and I figured out how to get here on my own and I'm proud of it. But yeah, but who, who's the Jonathan in your life? Who's the Nathan? And, and you see what happens, King David is one of the greatest leaders of all time. I mean, he, he took men from dysfunction and gave them purpose. He trained them for battle. He established God's kingdom. He was anointed by God, but he still made mistakes. He still had blind spots. He still had areas where Nathan had to come in and say, hey, I love you, but what you are doing is not good. And there's a time where he, it says when, when King David was meant to be away at war, when kings were meant to be away at war and he's home and he ends up sleeping with another man's wife, getting her pregnant, and then to cover it up, kills her husband, a man that was doing his job on the battlefield And what happens is this prophet Nathan comes to him and he says, what you have done is is not good and basically says you need to get atonement and come into alignment with with Jesus. And, And I honestly believe that that was the making of King David. And I think if we're not careful, we will repel those people in our life that have tried to bring correction or advice. And I think, you know, we see a lot of people that say, oh, I want a life coach or I hired a life coach or I went to this mastermind and that's all beautiful and brilliant and that's good. Um, but I found that people don't need always another business strategy. What they need is, is somebody to come in and, and show them their blind spot. Because I've met a lot of people that are much more talented than me and smarter and they know so much But because they're not fortified relationally, they live under a constant ceiling and they can't figure it out. And I have found and I have learned in my life that if I have surrounded myself and welcomed the Nathans of my life, the men and women of God to come in and coach me and bring me correction and bring me guidance and given me them permission into my life, that not only have I grown, but I have found that I have Continue to make ceilings floors in my life. And I remember early on in my 20s, um, a leader, a Nathan, metaphorically speaking, came up to me and said, hey, you know, Marista, people love you. They just really don't know you. And little did she know that I was struggling with extreme amount of loneliness and isolation. But I was a pastor at this church. I had done Awaken You. Like I was very connected. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm just new and I sit over here. I, I, I was very involved. But the truth is is that I didn't allow people into the the different areas of my heart to really get to know me. And for me, it was because of this fear of rejection. And for other people, it might be because they've learned how to do it on their own their whole life because their parents weren't there for them. But I really want to pray for people that are like that because if you're not careful, isolation and loneliness will, will rob you of a happy life. And not only will it rob you of a happy life, but it'll, even more than that, keep you out of the full potential of what God was created you to do. And you see all throughout the Bible, you see Ruth and and Naomi, you see Moses and Aaron, you see Elijah and Elisha, like friends, leaders, like Timothy, Paul. And so my question for you is, who has access to say the hard thing? Who, who, Who has the scalpel of your heart that can come in and say, I know that this is maybe a sensitive thing, or I maybe I know that this is not something that you're aware of, but there's a better way. Yeah. Okay. And I know that this feels really basic, but I've found that it's, it's the hardest thing for people. And, and I want to encourage you in here, because I know there's people that feel isolated, you feel lonely, you feel like, oh, transition. And I want to Give you permission that that is okay, but it's not okay to stay there. And you see, people that want happiness, according to this doctor, he said, not only have to have great relationships, but they have to prioritize them. And so people that prioritize things, they make them a priority, right? And so if you're sitting here and you're like, wow, I really don't have those deep and meaningful relationships, or maybe I do, but now I'm saved and I don't have people that have core values or the, the same things that I want or, you know, headed in the same direction. Well, that's why we have connect groups. <laughs> and connect groups are a really great start, but I want to encourage you, not, you're not going to go once and then like have eight besties like the 15 year old. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. And I found um, my mom, I've said this before, but my mom said to me when I was little, she said, Marissa, if you want to be a woman that does big things, you can't let little things affect you. But I have found that most relationships are falling out because of little things, little things, miscommunication, little offenses. They didn't say hi to me. Pastor Becky, her leather jacket's offensive to me, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> little things, little things. And so I want to pray if you can stand um, and I'm going to have people come forward. And if, you're, and if you're in here and for whatever reason, you feel like you don't have the Jonathan to the David. You don't have maybe the Nathan to the David. Maybe you don't have the covering. You don't have the leadership. You're, you're standing out in the rain without somebody to hold up the umbrella and you're wondering why I'm getting wet. I just want you to come forward because I want to pray and um, they're going to open up the altar. And, and this is called an altar because this is where Jesus alters your life. And yes, it's intentionality. Yes, it's signing up for that connect group. Yes, it's it's investing and in going to the marriage conference because you value your marriage and you want to have great friendships and a great connection. I can't tell you how many people I've seen at, at a, I, I mean, even Sterling and I are guilty of this. We'll go to a restaurant and we'll just be like so like my mind's a million miles away and the easiest thing is just to check text the whole time, but I have to constantly remind myself to engage. And so I just want to open up this altar. If that's you, I just want you to come forward. If you've experienced loneliness or isolation or specifically um, you, you've, you've believed the lie, like I have to do it on my own and I, I, I don't need to ask for help because that's a big one because there's a stat that says that, um, and you can just come as I'm talking, um, that most millennials do not know how to ask for help because they had to figure it out their whole life on their own. And that is not your fault. But now that you see, you can do differently. And so I know for me, as I had that leader that spoke into my life, not only did she say that and broke that spirit of isolation and loneliness, but I had to relearn how to let people in. I had to open up my heart and not be running from the fear of rejection and realize that rejection is part of life and not let little offenses hurt or take me out of relationship. So just turn your hands to heaven. And God, I just thank you for these people down here. God, I thank you that you, you love relationship. You gave Adam Eve. You gave many great men in the Bible, men and women in the Bible, the Jonathan, the, the Davids. And God, we as a, as a world, as a nation, the last three years, it's been unbelievable. People have gone through traumatic things. They've had job transitions. They've gotten fired. They've had to move out. The fracturing of family. The moving to a new city. But God, I thank you that you are the God of restoration and you make all things new. And so right now I pray for every person down on this altar and I thank you that you would alter their life. And I break that spirit of loneliness right now in the name of Jesus. I break it right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you that isolation has to go in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you that there would just be an incredible amount of peace. Peace, peace, peace. And God, I thank you that you're bringing the Jonathans to them. God, I thank you that as they stretch out their hand and go to that connect group and and go again, I even, I even feel like there's people in here that, you know, uh, some there's been betrayal or rejection, specifically betrayal, like traumatic betrayal that has kept you closed off. And God wants to set you free from trauma so that you can let people in again. The secret to happiness, deep and meaningful relationships. Who really knows you? Another way that he asked on the, on the podcast, this doctor, he said, if you were living at home by yourself, and throwing up so sick, couldn't even make it out of bed, how many people could you call? And he said, most people have very few people or no people they could call. But God, I thank you that you're bringing those type of people. The people that in your most vulnerable moments that you can call. I found that great relationships are built in tragedy, they're built in hardship, they're built through the storm. As you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God, there you are with me. And so God, I just thank you for each and every person. And I want to ask everybody in here, um, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, the Bible says that God has left a hole in your heart for eternity. And I found, regardless of how old or how young you are, that if you don't know God, you, you, ever feel, you forever feel like something's missing. Like, what is it all for? Why am I here? What was I created to do? As Pastor Colin says, there's convergence when you realize, like, why you were here. And so I just want to pray for people. If, you, if you're saying, you know what, Marissa, I, I've never accepted Jesus, and I would love to meet him. I just want you to lift your hands in this place. And we're going to pray as a church all over this place on the count of three. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. Anybody else in here? Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. Amazing. Amazing. If you rose your hand, um, there's a response lounge over here. And would love for you on your way out just quickly before you go to um, just stop by the response lounge. We'd love to get you a gift. Um, We have a Bible for you. We'd love to say hi. Maybe beginning of a new friendship. (laughs) But for everyone down here, if you could all look at me, half of this is breaking off that spirit. The other half is now the action behind it. Because the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So if you don't do something new, nothing new will happen. So I know part of you maybe doesn't know how to do that. But I want all of you to, if you're not in a connect group, I want you to sign up for a connect group. And I want you to go, and if you hate it, go again. And if the host of the connect group doesn't like become your bestie in three minutes, keep going. <laughs> and um, if you're married in here, I want you to sign up for, for Marriage Getaway because you're not only going to, yeah, you're gonna meet so many people and it's so fun. And it's in Palm Springs, and there's nothing greater that you can do than invest in your relationships. Because what you value, you prioritize, and what you prioritize, you value.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com